This is Cruise Radio. Now more than ever, you should consider trip insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. A review of Carnival Miracle this week and standing by right now is staff writer Richard Sims with Cruise News. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug. So the CDC has dropped the cruise travel threat down a notch. Yeah. So what this is, this is called a travel health notice. And for quite a while now, they've had the travel health notice or THN at a level four, which is the highest it goes. And it basically says that the threat level of, you know, of of catching COVID on a cruise ship is extremely very high. And they were advising against all cruise travel, that kind of thing. So they've lowered it one level to level three, which still is high, but it's a step in the right direction. In fact, that's exactly what the Cruise Lines International Association said. They released a statement saying, you know, this shows that the CDC is at least aware of the fact that we're making all this progress and that we have all of these protocols in place and, you know, that we are doing all the right things. I think what's interesting is Less the fact that the threat level came down, which is good. You know, make no mistake about it. That's a very positive thing, and it's certainly great for the cruise industry to be able to say that. But I think what's really going to be more interesting is we are only a few days away from the deadline, which is February 18th, for cruise ships to announce whether or not they're going to opt into the CDC's new voluntary program. And that is actually going to be, I think, it'll probably have a bigger impact on cruisers than will this dropping of the travel health notice level. Because we're all waiting to hear, you know, are cruise lines going to require booster shots. And that is in order for cruise lines to sail with the, uh, you know, the the highest level of the CDC's approval, they have to not only have 95% of the crew members vaccinated, but they also have to have uh, crew members and passengers, excuse me, but they also have to have their booster shots. So, you know, that's, I think what a lot of us are really waiting to see is, is what will happen come February 18th. This next story, man, is very upsetting because a lot of friends who worked with this cruise line and a lot of passengers and crew members as well, all out in the cold. It's Crystal Cruises. They've shut down after 30 years. This is just, yeah. I mean, we never like reporting stories about ships being scrapped, let alone entire lines. So, you know, this is basically, we've seen it coming for a couple of weeks ever since the ship started basically running to Bimini rather than heading back to Florida where they knew they would be, you know, basically seized. But the company is dead. The employees have been let go. A Florida court approved a firm to basically take control of what's left of Crystal's non-ship assets. So they will be dealing with, you know, collecting creditors' claims and um, passenger claims, too. Passengers will have to file a claim to get a return. Uh, There's apparently about $100 million being held by various credit card companies Mm. from people who have reservations with this particular line. What's interesting is, as I understand it, and it's it's a little bit technical, but as I understand it, when the cruise line realized that they were sort of having problems, they set up a situation where when you made your deposit to the cruise line, they did not actually pay the cruise line until the cruise actually set sail. So Mm. it should be a lot easier because there is this pool of money sitting there. It should be a lot easier for passengers to get their money back. They should basically file a claim directly with the credit card. Although, like I said, there is a company that has taken over Crystal's assets and will be helping deal with that. The other kind of cool thing is that this company who took over is taking responsibility for repatriating the crew. It's not like the crew is just going to be stranded there and left to find their own ways home. This company is taking responsibility and helping them get home. The big question is what's going to happen next as far as the ships and things. There were apparently two offers on the table to buy the company over the last year or so, but the parent company turned those offers down. So now, you know, it's unclear whether those offers will be made again or whether these companies will remain, you know, whether these ships will be sold or what will happen to them. Yeah, it would be nice just for someone to pick him up just for nothing but keep the legacy going. I mean, having a cruise line for 30-plus years, that's a, that's a long time, you know? Should we, I mean, like, you know, check the couch cushions and see how much money we can come up with? Maybe we can uh, start a cruise radio line? 
I could sell my model ships. We can start with that. There you go. Yeah, there like you go. 70 of those. Um, let's see here. Carnival Cruise Line, smoking is back in the casinos. Yeah, that didn't last very long, did it? So when the uh, Omicron variant was at its height, they basically took um, the stance of saying, we are not going to allow smoking in the casinos at all. Now they are allowing people to smoke in the casinos again, but they are supposedly going to be very, very strict that you can only smoke if you are sitting at a table or sitting at a slot machine and actively gambling. You know, that can be a little hard to police because if you've spent any time in the casino, you know that like a lot of people just go in there and sit at a machine and, you know, they're not really gambling. They might be talking to somebody or uh, standing behind somebody watching them play craps and and smoking. The, the casino is the only indoor spot on most ships, and I think all ships in the Carnival fleet, where people can light up. So they're going to supposedly be very strict about this. That means that there will still be no smoking at the casino bars as far as the ships that still have casino bars. We'll see. Uh, I don't think that, you know, this, this is one of those things where... Smokers are going to be happy. Non-smokers are going to be unhappy. It's the same story we've, you know, we've heard a thousand times over the years. But for those of you who, you know, smoking is a big part of your casino experience, Carnival has welcomed you back into the casino with your cigarettes. I'm not a smoker, but I can just speak from being on Carnival Liberty last week that the tables, the slot machines, they were they were all dead. And I, I remember like when smoking was allowed in the casinos. So I guess we're probably talking like, you know, 2019, early 2020. The, the casinos were jumping. Yeah, that's, you know, I, I wondered really how much that would impact them. I mean, say what you will, but casinos are big money makers for the cruise lines and mm. smokers, you know, if they tend to, there's a lot of smokers in casinos. And so I kind of figured they had to be taking a financial hit and that they would cut it as soon as they thought it was feasible. Yeah, for sure. Virgin Voyages has completed Terminal V down in Port Miami. Very big, very splashy new terminal, lots of glass, beautiful views of Biscayne Bay and downtown Miami. The building is particularly stunning at night. Like, I would love to be on one of the Virgin ships sailing out of Miami at night and see that gorgeous terminal glowing on the shore. Uh, they had the ribbon cutting and dedication ceremony on February 13th. What's kind of fun about this terminal is the street address is 718 North Cruise Boulevard. So why 718? Because that is July 18th, 7 slash 18, is the birthday of Sir Richard Branson, the very, very rich man who is behind Virgin Voyages. You know, I can't help wondering if when they named this thing 718, you know, uh, what is it, 718 North Cruise Boulevard, mm -hmm. like, did that screw up everything else on the street? Like, is the next building over 720 or is it like number three? You know, <laughs> like, does it jump from three to 718? I don't know. We'll have to drive by and take a look. And was that a request from Branson or was that someone saying, you know what, let's just name it 718 as a little nod to him? I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that that was a little bit of someone doing some puckering up and kissing the butt. <laughs> I agree. And our last talking point here, uh, I love this ship, Norwegian Sky, but uh, I might not be loving it in 2023. No, you may not. This is a very, very odd story that I don't really understand, to be honest. So, you know, right now, want to go? Book Norwegian Sky? Go. Have a great time. Uh, the ship is around 20, 23 years old. In 2019, it got a beautiful refurbishment in which they added a lot of things that are already, you know, popular on some of the other ships. But what's interesting is a week or so ago, Norwegian sent out letters to travel advisors saying that for 2023, all but seven cruises are being canceled. Like, 2023 is just gone. And it's not even like these seven cruises are all, um, you know, it's these seven cruises and then everything is canceled. There are random cruises in, like, April, March, May, but then the rest of 2023 completely gone. No word on what they're going to do. No word on why they're making this move. So I, I guess this is the classic stay tuned story because we'll have to – find out what's going on. Yeah, because that big refurb was just before the shutdown. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the ship is in, you know, there are parts of the ship that are 
practically new. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they added some great stuff, like stuff that people love, like The Local, which is their version of a 24-hour hotspot in Norwegian. You know, you go there for wings at 2 in the morning, um, and they can't be beat. (laughs) So it's, it's very curious as to why they've made this move. They can't be beat because you're pretty much limited at 2 o'clock in the morning in the middle of the ocean, right? So <laughs> well, you're going to eat it or go that's hungry. True. <laughs> yeah, You can't call Domino's and ask them to <laughs> yeah. airlift a pizza. <laughs> Listener question comes from Greg over in Kansas. What is this Carnival Cruise Line celebrations that I keep seeing in Facebook groups, and uh, is it worth booking? I mean, it depends. If you're a big Carnival fan, I think this would be a lot of fun to do. They have 17 different sailings between now and March 10th. So, yes, there is still time. If you wanted to get on one of them, you would be able to get on one of the later ones, but you really should probably jump on it fairly soon. And they're exactly what they sound like. They're celebration. So the Carnival Corporation is going to be celebrating its 50th anniversary. Um, It was formed in 1972, and to sort of pay tribute to that and pat themselves on the back, they've created this really fun series of sailings. And the fun sort of kicks off as soon as you arrive at the terminal. There's like music and, you know, special signs. And if I know cruisers at all, there will probably be dancing because if there's if there's music, there's going to be dancing even without the cocktails. Uh, and once you're on board, it like continues the whole week. They're having special deck parties. And in fact, one of the fun things is that various groups of the ships will meet in the middle of the sea. And so you might be on, say, you know, one of the carnival ships and you're at a deck party on the top deck and you look over and there's another boat next to you with having a deck party on their deck. So that's kind of fun. You know, there's even there's special dinner menu items that like flashbacks to things that were featured in 1972. They'll be having casino events and a special Build-A-Bear. And the thing that kind of caught my eye is they're going to be having special trivia contests, asking questions about 1972, the year of their launch. And why I'm interested in this is apparently the winner will be getting a 50th anniversary medallion. I mean, move over, you know, gold-plated stick on a ship, which, by the way, I have yet to win. I now want one of those 50th anniversary medallions. So here's my big question, though. So I'm going to be on a ship. I'm going to be on the Norwegian getaway the first week of March, which is also when these celebration sailings are going on. So I'm wondering, can the getaway, like, crash the party? Like, can it find two of the ships (laughs) hanging out in the middle of the ocean? And can we just, like, come on over and say, hey, we're going to party with you? (laughs) Just, like, sail. Because they're supposed to be, like, coming right. Each bow is supposed to come to each other. Not touch, but, like, point each other. Uh, it'd be funny if the getaway just kind of sailed right between all that. Right, right between them. Like, you know, like, hey, you know, yeah, yeah, whatever. We're coming through. I wonder how close they'll actually get. I'm really looking forward to seeing the pictures from this. I think um, I, I think this is a great opportunity for, you know, the people who are true carnival fans, the people who, like, have all the T-shirts because they want you to, you know, they're going to have parties where you can wear your classic outfits and stuff. I think these are going to be a blast and kind of a treat for anybody who is a, you know, true blue or I should say a true red, white, and blue, since that's their colors, carnival fan. On how close they'll probably get, when I was sailing on Celebrity Edge, so that first sailing out of Florida back in June, and we were coming out of Nassau, and there was Celebrity, Reflection, Equinox, and one other one with their water cannons kind of coming over our ships. So we were probably about 100 yards from each other. So it was actually wow. really, like we could see the bridge of each other's ships. It was really cool. So hopefully, you know, they'll get within a couple hundred yards of each other. You know, people cheering and waving to each other and all that stuff. You know, I've I've actually been, of course, we were docked at the time, but I was on, I remember a few years ago, I was docked in Nassau and I was on uh, Royal Caribbean's Anthem of the Seas and the breakaway was docked next to us. And it was close enough that I looked over and I saw someone who I was like, I think I know that person. And I sent them a text and I said, are you on the breakaway right now? And she was like, yeah, I am. It was, it, she was very distinguished because she had very, very, very distinguishable hair, but it was just weird to be close enough to a ship that you could look over and actually recognize a person on the next one. And if you're on your balcony and looking over, you might see something you don't want to see. Right. If, if you are, to, if, yeah, you might want to make sure you pull the blinds closed. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be careful. Uh, Staff writer Richard Sibbs, as always, my friend. Thank you. Glad to be here. Have a question or a comment for the show? Yeah! Send an email or voice memo to Doug at CruiseRadio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? 
Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Breaking news as it happens. Online and on demand at cruiseradio.net. Earlier this year, Mark sailed a New Year's Eve cruise aboard Carnival Miracle, a six-night sailing out of Long Beach, California, and he joins us on the line. Hey, Mark. Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good, man. Good to have you back. Last time you were on, you talked about an Oasis-class ship that you sailed on, and now we're on a Carnival Spirit-class ship, uh, about a 10 or so year age gap between the two. So I want to get some pre-cruise thoughts from you, because you had a lot of great things to say about Royal, and I thought you'd be sailing them for a little while. Why'd you hop back to Carnival for this sailing? Uh, yeah, so we, you know, we back in October, uh, we had our long-delayed, couple-year-delayed cruise planned for the Oasis of the Seas out of New York. Finally got on, on that in October. We'd never done Royal Caribbean at that time, so we went on that, blown away. Thought Royal was definitely a step up. We've always done Carnival. Thought a lot of things were an improvement. I mean, those Oasis-class ships are, I mean, a whole league of their own. I mean, nothing really compares to them. So for a while, we thought, you know, at the end of that, you know what? We're, we're going to kind of maybe step away from Carnival, do some Royal Caribbean. Got the Navigator on the West Coast, right? We got some opportunities to try out Royal for a while, and, and we'll stay away from Carnival. Something fresh. Got back, though, from Royal Caribbean, you know, like I, like I joke, you know, Alexa, they hear you when you're talking. For some reason, Carnival started shooting us all these offers for uh, cruises. One of them was a New Year's Eve cruise on the Carnival Miracle out of Long Beach for a rock-bottom price. And we were able to get, I think, a balcony and an inside cabin. We have a, I've got two kids and, of course, me and my wife for under $1,000 on New Year's wow. Eve. You couldn't beat that. <laughs> yeah. So we booked that instantly and locked it in. So that's what we were looking for. And it was New Year's Eve. Never done that either. So knocking a couple birds out. So you're over in Reno. Is that a is that a car drive or a flight over to LA? So LA is about an eight and a half hour drive. In this case, again, another benefit of kind of the COVID craziness, flights were rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and with all the credits I'd received over the year with the, the COVID changes and going to New York, we had a lot of credits too. So it was actually a flight for us in this case, only about a 45 minute flight. Okay. So we had some really good prices there and back because the trip started a day or two before New Year's and actually came back on the 4th. You kind of missed that peak rush. So Flights are pretty cheap coming back. So we booked a flight, but that's, it's a doable drive. It's about an eight-hour drive. So normally, we're actually going to be on the ratings here uh, next month. We're going to drive that one. So it's not too bad. Gotcha. All right, so you make your way to Long Beach, California to go to Embark. How was the embarkation process? And uh, you said you had the two kids. Were there any testing challenges or anything coming to board the ship? So again, we tested two days prior from Reno. We did that. There was no issue. Uh, this was right before you know Omicron was really taking over. So we were able to score tests fairly easily, although luckily we did that. It was kind of crazy. So testing was kind of a challenge, but there was no issue. My kids are both vaccinated. Uh, we're both vaccinated. So it was really just get to the pier. We had our, our, our antigen test we did at CVS, walked up. Uh, the new terminal is amazing on Long Beach. We hadn't been back to the West Coast in a number of years. I know for the Panorama, they redid that, that, that Spruce Goose terminal they've got there, that dome. Mm-hmm. Really fantastic. Uh, we had a 10 o'clock arrival time. We got in. They, they, there was a small line to get in. They let us in. With the Oasis, when we did, our, our youngest was not vaccinated at the time, and they actually segregated us separately to get her tested. We didn't have to do that, obviously, this time, so we got right into the terminal. They checked all of our vaccination documentations, our, our boarding passes, our test results, and we checked in, and very easy. I think from the time we got to the, the new terminal and to the time we were able to board, I think it was about 45 minutes. So it was, it was really convenient, quick, nice and easy. You make your way on board Carnival Miracle. What were your first impressions? Because this ship is a, is a little bit different than the other Carnival ships. So first off, we've been on the Miracle before. We were on the Miracle, I think, in 2014. So it was a little bit familiar. So we, we kind of knew what to expect getting on board. But more recently, again, we were on the Oasis of the Sea. So there's a little bit of trepidation going on to the mm-hmm. Carnival Spirit. going, oh, my gosh, I, I don't remember how small the ship really must feel compared to the Oasis. But, you know, you walk on and, and there's that familiar Carnival feel. You walk on, you kind of, I think you board deck four and you walk right into the promenade. So it was really convenient. It was really nice. There's just a, an atmosphere that we were actually lacking on the Royal Caribbean, which is kind of a party vibe. So you walk on, on, on the, the Miracle. So it was really, 
nice, convenient, and uh, they actually direct you directly to your muster station to uh, do your sign-off so you can be done with it and over with for the day. So that's kind of where we went first, and then we went to get bite to eat. Are your kids at the stage where they can walk on a ship now and just be like, oh, cool, we're on a cruise ship, or are their mouths open when they walk on board like in um, total amazement? Well, my 15-year-old will be platinum probably on her next cruise, the next two cruises. So she's been on a number of cruises, and my six-year-old is gold on Carnival, so she's been on five or six. So, you know, so the wonder isn't as much as it used to be. No, the Royal, the Oasis definitely had those jaws dropping because there was, Mm -hmm. you walk onto the Promenade on that ship, and it was pretty amazing. We've been on the Vista, and you'll get that dreamscape. That's kind of cool. The Miracle is kind of darker. It's not quite as on Spider-Man. I think you've been on Spirit-class ships. You know, they're a little bit smaller. I think a little more closed in, a little bit, you know, that decor, that Farkas design is a little bit darker. Mm-hmm. So it's still not quite, but it was decorated for Christmas, which was kind of nice. So it was still a nice experience walking on. It was really, it was, it was almost like a comforting, you know, I've been here before. It's kind of welcome home. Yeah. And it, it, that's what the feeling was. And my kids are, you know, they, they're still excited getting on board a ship. We're always giddy getting on board. Oh, know, for sure. Fun, so. What kind of stateroom did you book or state rooms did you book? And what were your first impressions? So we actually booked cabins 6115, which was a uh, balcony, all the way forward on deck six. And then the connecting cabin, which was 6109. And so they're actually connecting uh, balcony and interior cabins. They're actually all the way forward on deck six. And these are actually ones that people commonly ask on cruise credit because this deck on deck six, the balcony is actually an extended balcony. It's about twice as long because it actually would cover the space where the interior cabin would be as a balcony. So it's actually double long and there's no cabins in front of it. So it's actually kind of a nice hidden extended balcony that you don't pay any extra for. And of course, it's a layout, a typical you know balcony cabin on Carnival, but it's got the connecting interior. There's no couch, there's just a couple of small chairs. But you know, with the interior set up with um, uh, double beds and the, in the, the king bed in ours and two bathrooms, it's the best rooms we've ever had. I mean, in terms of combinations, it was so much space, two bathrooms. It was amazing. It was really good. It was really nice. So, did you scout out this location, or was it just happened yes. to be available? Okay. Gotcha. Oh, no, no. Yeah. So my wife and I, when we, we got that offer, you know, and this is a kind of a, a trick uh, for people to look for with all these deals going on. And if you've got more than two people, if you've got four, especially on Carnival in particular, book it with two cabins and see what the pricing is. Mm-hmm. Because if we had actually, because of the rates we're getting and all these offers, the first and second passenger rate was dirt cheap. And the third and fourth for a single cabin was like five times as much. Wow. But because I've got, because I'm almost uh, platinum, my wife's almost platinum. I also had offers. So I'm like, well, what if we pick two rooms and put the kids in one room and us in the other room? And sure enough, because the first you know, one and two passenger rates were so cheap, both rooms were way cheaper than putting four in one cabin. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, well, what if we find, because I've got a six-year-old and a 15-year-old, like, well, what do we find a, a connecting cabin? Spirit class seems to have a lot of connecting cabins. So we're looking, you know, what if we find two balconies? We found a couple of places, but then we found deck six forward, these two cabins. And not only the nice thing about this, because I got the six and 15-year-old, Camp Carnival and uh, Club O2 or Circle C are on deck five and deck four yeah. forward. Mm-hmm. So from that cabin, it's a kind of a little secret hidden door. Just, I think it's three cabins to the front of that cab is the end of the hallway. You go through these doors to the laundrette and there's actually stairs that go straight down to the kids club. So yes. it was a, a minute walk down to the kids club. The location was fantastic. It was quiet. It was an amazing location. It was great. What was the plug situation like in the stateroom? Because I, when I was on Liberty last week, we only had one plug in the whole stateroom. And I know Miracle is a little bit older than Liberty. Was it the same way like that on that ship? Yeah, it's yeah. the old school, you know, before everybody had their technology. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. one outlet, plus you've got the European outlet. I, luckily, I've got a travel adapter, so I can, you know, yeah. set up both to work fairly well. You know, with everybody, I've got my my travel, not an extension, of course, because I know those are kind of, you know. Sure. Depend on that day of the week, you get into the naughty room because of that. But really? I've got a, a kit that works fairly well that gets me my three or four plugs, USB ports. Yeah. Uh, and I've got one for my kids. So not a big deal. It'd be nice by the bed, but I, you know, I set up my clock. I set up my, my phone, keep the cables nice and clean. But yeah, they've got the one outlet by, on the vanity plus the European outlet. And that's, that's all you pretty much get in the room. Let's talk about dining on this six night cruise. So we'll start in the main dining room. Uh, what time dining did you have and how was your experience there? We had any time dining. And so we actually anticipated that we would eat in the dining room every night or just about every night. We're thinking, oh, because we're flexible. You know, we, we're going to do the buffet. We actually ended up only eating in, in the dining room the first night. We actually ate around the ship the rest of the week. Wow. But we did have any time dining. Food was good. Again, we wanted to compare Royal to Carnival, the food, because we were kind of getting bored of the this typical Carnival menu. But coming back was kind of refreshing. The food was the same in the same items. But it was, it was good. It was good quality. It was hot. That's one thing we've noticed a trend lately. I don't know if it's because of the reduced crowds. We saw this in Royal. We saw it in Carnival. Food seems to be coming up piping hot. Every time we order food, it always seems to be hot. That was always kind of a, a hit or miss before. So that was nice. It was good quality. 
We did notice this on Royal, the tablecloths. You know, we don't think that makes a big difference in our end of the day, but it does elevate the experience a little bit. And we did night like that touch on Royal. But at the end of the day, Carnival still does a great, you know, great dinner experience. We love, you know, we love Showtime. You know, my 15-year-old always, you know, you know, Showtime, you know, she always, <laughs> always gets excited when they do that. So it's always nice to see that again. Yeah, for sure. Uh, how about outside of the main dining room, like the buffet area? I know Carnival has it where you're serving yourself. Pretty good selection. And was it pretty popular up there? Yeah, the buffet was quite busy. I, you know, I wouldn't say selection was big. You know, the, the buffet, you know, I think it had five or six, you know, items per night. We had the salad bar. Now, to be fair, we, on Royal, they weren't doing the dinner buffet yet. When we traveled, they, you know, we, I don't think we were at 50% capacity, so the dinner buffet was not open on Royal, so we can't compare that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was comparable to prior Carnival Cruises we were on. You, you, know, he, you really wouldn't know the difference between you know, uh, the Miracle Cruise today and then the Miracle Cruise in 2019 in terms of setup. Yeah, it was self-serve. Yeah. Everything was there. The desserts were really good. Um, you know, the food was good. You know, the quality overall was fine in the buffet. We actually, again, didn't eat much of the buffet either. We ate at other dining options more, more than anything else. Did you do the steakhouse on the ceiling? No, again, with my kids, it'd be New Year's Eve. We just opted to, you know, hang out with the kids, but more because we really liked the casual dining options. Carnival, this is the one big difference we, we, we were worried about coming from the Oasis. And it was also a concern that we had on the Oasis of the season. We thought the Oasis, all the dining venues and all the locations, we think going back to a smaller ship, oh, we're really going to be missing out on, you know, grab and go, or maybe there's going to be limited hours on food. But we actually found more food available at more hours on the Miracle than we did on the Oasis. I think the specialty dining is really good. We did Giovanni's on Royal Caribbean, but we're really not with my kids. You know, my wife's a vegetarian. We don't really seek out specialty dining very much just because there's generally enough options for us that, you know, my kids are too picky to pay for a special meal. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to pay for them to go to a fancy dinner. And me and my wife, you know, she's a vegetarian. I'm not. So it's always a ma- battle of finding the right place to go. Right. And with the, the casual options on Carnival, there was always something to go to. In fact, for us, our go-to place on Carnival this round was the deli. Mm-hmm. We love the deli. I'm trying to think on this spirit class. I think it's a lot like the fantasy class ships where the pizza isn't in the back by the pool. It's just in the back within the buffet area, right? Yeah. So you got in the back corner of mm-hmm. the buffet, you've got, uh, it's, I think on the starboard side, you've got a uh, pizza pirate on the miracle. I don't, I think on the, the pride legend and the spirit, they've actually got a full size bonsai sushi on the promenade on the miracle. They've only got a bonsai sushi express window in the buffet though. So you can get most of the items, but it's just a little window you go up to. You can order you know, your, your rolls or whatever you're looking for at the uh, Bonsai Sushi. But then, they, of course, got your typical buffet set up in the deli. is also in one of the, you know, I think there's like four wings on the buffet, normally on uh, Carnival Ship or on the Spirit mm-hmm. Class. One of the wings is, is the deli, and then the other ones yeah. are the buffet itself. And in the back is the pizza and the sushi and then the salad bar section. So, Did they tell you how much, uh, like what the capacity was for this sailing? It was 1548 was the passenger load. So we we're about 70% of regular capacity. I think it was like 2100 yeah. normally. Mm-hmm. And so that's a double. So we were about 75% full. And spirit class in general are actually not that, I don't, I've never found them to be very full to begin with. Um, you know, we've been on the Vista class and we always found the Vista class was definitely, you know, you go to the pizza place and there's always a line. You go to Blue Guan, there's always a line. We never found even on spirit class, those were a big issue. But without the people, there was, I mean, you could walk right up, get a pizza anytime. You wanted to go for bonsai sushi, you could order right there. The deli never had a line. Nice. Guys never had a line. Uh, Blue Iguana never had a line. We never waited for anything on this ship. Gotta love the no lines around the food. It's like, well, you know, I, I really could uh, go get an extra cookie, right? Yep. A good an extra bite. And you know, it's like, you know, sometimes there's a line. You're like, eh, I'm good. I don't need it. But it's like, there's nobody there. Ooh, Why not? Yeah. I think, yeah. <laughs> exactly. As far as the entertainment on this ship for the six nights, the New Year's Eve, was there any special programming for New Year's Eve? Like, how does that work? Uh, yeah. So they had their big New Year's Eve bash up on, on the deck. You know, obviously there's no... Uh, on the Miracle, I know two of the Spirit class have the, the big TV screens. So I know they were doing you know, big stuff on the other ships. But on the Miracle, they don't have that. So they just had a big kind of a deck party at the main pool. But they were really trying to encourage social distancing on board. So they had a lot of locations you could go to parties at. I think they had one in, in, the, in the lounge. They had one at the, on the main pool. I think they had one in the atrium. And they gave you all the goodies for it beforehand, right? You know, we, when the steward would come in at night or in the morning, whenever you have your room serviced, they would leave hats, they have these glow sticks, they would leave party hats, all the different uh, things you need for the, for, uh, for the party. And they also had a New Year's Eve dinner in the dining room. So a little bit, little bit more upscale than normal, kind of, a, you know, yeah. kind of like normal uh, formal night, but a different menu. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they had, they had a little bit of fit, and it was kind of a party from like 6 o'clock till, you know, about 1230. Okay. And how about like theater shows and music around the ship? 
so the theater show, we actually, I'm not, you know, this is the one thing that we, we really think Oasis you know, just completely destroys Carnival on it was the entertainment. But I, again, the Oasis class is a totally different beast. You know, I'm, that's my comparison to other lines. Aqua 80s show on that. Amazing. I'm not a big show person. So I don't, we, we actually, I don't, I don't remember the name of the show, but it was a, it was a tribute to the eighties. It was actually pretty good on the miracle. We, you know, we actually stayed and watched. It was actually not bad. I'm not a big fan of the playlist productions, just not my cup of tea, mm-hmm. but we actually stayed me and my daughter watched it. It was fun, but I will say they have a ton of music for, again, we were worried for a ship of this size that there wasn't going to be a lot of music. The Oasis had music everywhere. Uh, and I, again, I'm trying to think back to our last car. I think our last carnival cruise was the Vista and there was music on there, but again, the larger ship, a lot more venues. So we thought, Miracle is just not going to be that active, right? We think, yeah, yeah, maybe, you know, up on deck. There was music everywhere. They had a great duo band in the lobby that's played all the time. They had a violin, I think, trio playing in there quite often. They had in the Red Frog Pub a band every night playing. They had a great DJ up on the on, on Lido deck. There was a lot of music. There were shows going on. The comedy club was packed every time. We actually didn't even get a chance to go to the comedy club. It was so busy. And with COVID and Omicron, we really don't want to get packed into that small room with, you know, sure. with everybody. And frankly, we, we were so busy doing everything else, which we, we were surprised by. We just didn't get to the comedy club this time. But there was a lot of stuff going on. Lots of music, lots of entertainment, trivia all day. Lots of trivia. Actually, more trivia than we had on, <laughs> on Royal Caribbean, surprisingly. A lot of trivia, a lot of uh, shopping shows. It felt normal, maybe a little bit more reduced than usual, but lots of stuff going on. And one thing about this class of ship, I believe, and correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, Mark, there's three pools, right? There's one, there's like one's enclosed, there's one regular one, and there's one in the very back for Serenity? Yeah, there's two center pools and then one in back, yeah, the Serenity pool, which is really quite nice. Um, I think the Serenity deck on that ship is probably one of the best in the entire fleet just because of the location. It's not windy. It's got a full-size pool, hot tub, nice big deck, nice bar. Unfortunately, again, with my kids and you know, the weather out of LA isn't exactly that warm in January, so mm-hmm. in December. So we didn't hang out back there very much. We just never got back there. It's a great space. But there are two middle pools. And one thing that we don't know if changed or if Carnival, I remember we were on the Miracle years ago on the same, you know, you know we went further south, a seven day itinerary, but the pools were never very warm. Mm-hmm. We actually got into the pool with my kids in Cabo. Air temperature was probably in the 70s, so not that warm, but warm enough. But the pool had to be about 80 degrees. Wow. The pool was really warm, which we were quite surprised by. I've never been on a carnival ship with a pool that warm. Hot tubs were even hot. And that was something we complained about on all of our previous carnival cruises. I remember going to the Vista, you get in the hot tub, and it was, that wasn't really a hot tub. Right. It, was, it was a lukewarm tub. And we went on the, the Oasis, and we're like, oh, man, every hot tub here is piping hot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss that. <laughs> and I, I, I was pleasantly surprised. They kept the hot tubs piping hot. The pools were very warm. They do have a splash park now that they added the, at the last refurbishment on the Miracle. This was kind of a complaint we had. Again, with my young kids over all the other ships, you know, we were, you know, really worried, you know, that I don't necessarily want to swim all the time with my youngest, but I go to a splash park. So the miracle adding that was a really nice addition. They actually have now the green thunder slide. Mm-hmm. They've got the dump bucket. So if you've got young kids, it's a good option. But again, it was a little bit too chilly most days to go up there to use it because it's kind of exposed, kind of windy for a size of ship. I think pool to space ratio is actually one of the best one we've been on. Spirit class is a really nice layout. Yeah. You were speaking of the hot tubs. Do they still have one in the spa, the, the fitness center? I don't think so. I went no. in there. I don't, I think they took it out. Okay. So I don't remember seeing, I remember I was watching this before people were going, Oh my gosh, the miracle I saw on cruise critic. And I even started, and, and I didn't see it in there. I think it used to be, I think there's like a two floor. I think it's up there. And mm-hmm. I think it was on the second floor. And I think now it's just an open space. Wow. So okay. I don't think it's there anymore. Yeah. Dang. That's unfortunate. It was, it was a nice place to go. And you could, uh, if you didn't want to sit outside, you could sit up there and you could yep. actually get the panorama views from the front because the gym's on the front of the ship, I believe, up there too. So yeah, that's, uh, that sucks they pulled that out. But let's talk about the, um, the sea days. We kind of spoke about it already, but how was it as far as crowds and congestion at 70%? I know you said it was super easy getting food. There are no crowds at all. We, we went up to the pool about 1 o'clock. We only had two sea days. We had one down to Cabo and then one back from Cabo to Ensenada. And again, going down that West coast in the winter, you know, in the winter, not very warm, but the way, again, those are set up is they're kind of sunken down. All the pools are. And so you have, you know, you have a nice windbreaker from the wind. So the pools again, nice and warm. The deck was great. There was tons of chairs. One thing we noticed when we were on Royal, again, a good comparison is they were definitely a bit more strict when it came to social distancing on Oasis. Mm-hmm. You know, they were very adamant. Like you do not move the chairs more than six, you know, don't move them around. You have two lounge chairs. Don't touch them. They actually have miners that go around and Make sure your chairs weren't moved around. On Carnival, they didn't care. <laughs> they didn't care at all. So yeah. we were able to find chairs plenty. You know, they had all the deck chairs out. There was lots of room. We went up there about 1 o'clock after lunch. Plenty of space to get spot. Swam for about an hour, and a half. It was great. No problem. And they've got the upper deck, too. There's a lot of deck space on these ships. And what's even nicer about the Miracle, and I think, I think they've done this to all the Spirit classes. They've now got a bunch of 
on the deck. I think it's deck nine. It's one above the Lido all the way back down the side of the ship by the funnel. They've actually got those loungers, the, the, the kind of covered clamshells mm-hmm. all the way down the side of the ship on both sides. So if you don't want to go to Serenity, maybe you have young kids, but you want to have a nice place to sit on the sun. That's kind of got a covered spot on the deck. Those clamshells up on deck nine or 10, whatever above the Lido all the way back are really nice options. You get a great view of the ocean. Nobody's up there and you get a nice day bed. It's kind of nice. Is that the space right behind the funnel? Yeah, it's not just apps. It's like it's right next to the funnel. Okay, yeah, it's like yeah. one deck down. It's that long deck that goes mm-hmm. only towards the back. You can kind of reach. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's, it goes it goes front to back on the yeah. spirit class. So it's the one above. Yeah, it's got all the way down about from about funnel back. Gotcha. It's a bunch of loungers and stuff. Yeah, it's that's really awesome. nice. It's, nobody's ever used them, which is amazing. Yeah, that's that's like on the um, on the conquest class ships. You have that the barbecue space up on deck number ten, right above Lido. No one ever knows about it, so you can get all yep. you can eat barbecue. Well, it's our, it's always all you can eat, but all you can eat with no lines anytime you want yep. because people don't find it until like the third or fourth day at sea. So those little secrets are very cool. Let's talk about the ports of call you hit on this six night itinerary. We did two days in Cabo San Lucas, and then we did Ensenada. It was an overnight in Cabo, but they don't act a tender port, so they don't actually stay in port. And it was also New Year's Eve, so they they always tend to leave uh, Cabo and then come back in the morning. So that's how they do that there. Gotcha. And so did you, um, <clears throat> it's a tender port. You did an overnight there. Did y'all do any excursions or anything or just yeah. get off? And- yeah. Yeah. So the first day in Cabo, we, well, so originally I was actually trying to price match an excursion off the ship in Cabo, but I got to run around with Carnival on that because of COVID. So I was trying to save a lot of money on a whale excursion. It's a great time of the year to go to Cabo and see whales. They get humpbacks, they get blue whales, they get a lot of whales, and you can see them everywhere uh, in Cabo. So I really want to do a whale excursion. So I booked that actually originally for the first because I was thinking I'll be able to price match it, but I wasn't able to do that. And so we ended up leaving it on the first. It's actually kind of a good idea because a lot of stuff in Cabo was closed on January 1st. A lot of, a lot of maybe smaller restaurants and stuff. Not everything because I'm sure they needed the money, but it wasn't as open as it was on the first as it was on the 31st. So mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of glad we did it. So on the first day we were there, we just got off. We've been to Cabo many times, walked on the marina, uh, went to find some souvenirs for the kids and some friends back and family back home. Just walked around, went to the mall, just got, you know, lay the land. And we were going to go to the beach, but the weather just wasn't warm enough to go to the beach. So then the second day we did, uh, we got uh, and did the whale excursion through uh, Carnival and uh, went out and saw some whales uh, breaching and, and whale, nice. the, the flippers coming up. It was really cool. It was really fun. Yeah. And nice day on the water. So With Cabo, do you think that with it being a tender port, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, it's a tender port. I'm staying on the ship. The ship was pretty empty. You know, yeah. when we got back on the ship, there was not many people on board. I mean, again, it's really hard to judge. You know, mm-hmm. people just... We're taking now the second day was really hard to tell. New Year's Day, we you can't really tell. People were up pretty late, so yeah. whether or not it was people were just sleeping or right. you know, our excursion was in the morning, you know, sleeping in late. We couldn't really tell. But the first day we were there, we got back on fairly early and there was, it was nobody on board. So I don't think it discouraged it. The tenders were pretty full going out first thing in the morning. Yeah. Um, and in fact, we couldn't even get off without a ticket for almost an hour and a half. Wow. So okay. there must have been enough people getting off and, and enjoying themselves. So we were also a little bit worried when we were on there because it was the week after the panorama. And uh, the, the Holland America, uh, the Veen Dam, which my parents were actually on that same week, were all denied entry into Mexico. Oh, wow. And so we were getting a little worried on the West Coast, thinking, well, we've only got Mexican ports and Cabo just turned ships away. But that was also, the, we, our crew started the day after Mexico announced that they were no longer going to block ships at any other ports. So that took a little bit of the concern off. Oh, okay, well, at least we know we're going to be able to go somewhere because you can't go to Cabo or Ensenada on the West Coast. There really is nowhere to go, so. Yeah, kind of. We were a little scared, but no, it worked out. It looks like people took advantage of it. Went to port. The port was hopping. It was really busy. Again, over the holidays, I'm sure a lot of people were there also traveling. You know, on land, lots going on. Lots of lots of great restaurants. It was really good. Cabo was fun. You know, we've been there in years. It was it was a good time. Have you ever been to uh, Sammy's place out there? Cabo Wabo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we actually stopped by there last time we were there. We actually went there this time to try to get uh, some. We didn't. We weren't going to eat there. It was actually quite busy. Uh, we didn't want to eat there, but we were going to go get some souvenirs, but they didn't have what we were looking for. So we just kind of stepped up. But yeah, we've been there. It's actually easier walk than I remember. Maybe just over time, it's just gotten easier. Right. But it's, it's only about a 10-minute walk from the pier. It's not too bad. Okay. So. Very cool. And then your next port of call? Next one was Ensenada. So that was the last uh, day of the cruise up in Ensenada, Mexico. There, we didn't really have much planned. We've been to Ensenada, again, a bunch of times. We've done the blowhole there. We've done you know, just kind of walking around uh, town. Um, and again, it wasn't... It was January 3rd. So again, weather not terribly warm, you know, and there weren't a lot of options available through Carnival for excursions. I think there's a couple of beach things. We're not really wine drinkers. That's a big wine area. So not really our cup of tea. So we just got off the ship, walked around and got back on the ship and uh, just enjoyed a a, a last day on the ship. So 
didn't do a whole lot there, but we are actually going to be back in Ensenada next month. And we're actually going to Costco and Walmart just to say we did. So. <laughs> nice. I, I love Ensenada because you walk outside onto the open decks and you hear, Yep. Yeah, those California sea lions, got yeah. them. they're everywhere. So Cabo, you see the same thing. That you know, One of the things you love to do when you do the uh, tender right in is you try to watch all the, the sea lions that are jumping on the backs of all the fishing boats as you're coming and see if you know they're and you see them everywhere jumping just hanging out the backs of these fishing boats they're all in the marina everywhere they're just all over the place yeah. over there they're, you know, it's just it's, it's just like hearing dogs barking they're everywhere so. are those the same animals that are um over in san francisco that are like take all the real estate up at the pier and like they don't let mm-hmm. the boaters dock there and stuff yeah it's uh, pier 39 in yeah. san francisco yep, that, yep same things yeah they're all and they're like they're i swear they're like pigeons of the west coast they're right everywhere. yeah that's they're so funny giant pigeons yeah yeah 100 percent. so you just had cabo and ensenada on this one right yep okay did you notice uh i've been to uh, ensenada twice since the restart now and it was a ghost town both times i was there are things starting to open open up a little bit more at the port yeah we didn't go we actually only got off and went to a 7-eleven got some drinks and came back mm-hmm. but well, it was actually kind of interesting we were there there was actually a big event there with i guess local police and there's probably 150 200 police officers at this little spot right by the ship it was kind of weird. So I'm not sure if people are just kind of avoiding the area. You yeah. know I mean? It was, it was, I've never seen so many police in my life, but they were doing some kind of ceremony. And I think, I don't know if that was, we were also there at like eight in the morning, seven mm. in the morning. So I don't, again, it wasn't a very happening part of town when we were there, Yeah. but I think the things are opening back up. Shops are there. Um, oh, you can definitely tell they were hit really hard. Cabo seemed like it did. Okay. Yeah. But a lot of stores were closed, completely shuttered. So it was a little bit depressing, but we did notice one thing. And then not we didn't see in Cabo is they were doing temperature screenings everywhere Oh wow! in Cabo, or in Ensenada. So we went, we went, when we got off the pier, we walked maybe about a half mile, I think, north, just along the Malecon they've got. There's nobody on it. And we actually wanted to cut into town on the main street, and we actually had to go to a checkpoint where they check your temperature. And, you know, it was, it was whoa, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. So it was kind of weird, and, and then same thing coming back out. So it's kind of, you know, we're like, yeah, let's just get back to the boat. You know, with Omicron, I'm like, ah, worst thing I need now is to find out I've got a fever that I didn't know about. And I'm right. stuck in Mexico. So <laughs> yeah. let's just let's just go back to the boat and, and hang out for the rest of the day. So, Yeah, I hear you. So you make your way back to Long Beach. How was debarkation? It was interesting. And I've read this as seems to be a common problem more recently with Carnival. I don't know if it's because they're getting with the price points. Maybe they get a lot of inexperienced cruisers. But Royal, when we got off, it was really seamless. You know, they would have you go to a, a, a location, get your food, and go back to your room. Carnival does the, you know, get out of your room by X amount of time and go hang out in the Lido deck, wherever you're at. And when your number's called, if you didn't do self debark, if your number's called, you go down when your number's there. It didn't really seem to matter what number you had. Uh-huh. I'm not quite sure what people were thinking. You know, we had pretty, our flight was only two hours. So, you know, it was out of Long Beach. So it was a really quick drive, but we are on one of the, we are, I think we we're boarding our uh, debark group like one or two. Mm-hmm. And we were getting, you know, we got called fairly quickly. I think about 830 we were called. But we got down there, and there were people that were like number 20, 25, 26 down there. And there weren't even bags for that section. So we had, we ran up, and there was a lot of people clogging up the gangways and, oh, that's the worst. you know, getting off. Yeah. And, and then just having to, like, fight your way through all these people that weren't really supposed to be there yet. And they kept saying, you know, don't go down until you're not. And so I, but they weren't really enforcing it. So it was kind of a crap show, I mean, everywhere. And once we got off and into the terminal, it was okay. But it was like, I don't know why they're not really enforcing that. Like, they should be checking your number just because they don't have bags. And there was no social. I mean, it was, it was packed. You were packed in tight. So they definitely needed to improve that. And I think that actually speaks to what happened to me after the cruise. So I think that's part of the whole. It wasn't really well done. Again, Oasis was a really, you know, and for they're only being their third or fourth cruise back at that time mm-hmm. out of New Jersey. We're thinking that, you know, a much bigger ship. We thought that was going to be kind of a disaster. That was seamless. With the Miracle being as small as it was in, in Long Beach, where they've been having cruises, they've been, Miracle's been sailing out there for a while now. Yeah. We thought this would, and it's been returned for a while. We thought it'd be under control, but it's not. And we read that there are people still complaining about that. So I guess I'll find out in a month if it's any better out of Long Beach. But it was not a good experience. It, it took a lot longer than we thought it would. Once we got our bags and got out, it was easy, but it was just getting off the ship to the pier was kind of, they need to get that better under control. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, right? It's like people think, oh, well, I have disembark group 12 but i want to get out of here early but they don't associate disembark group 12 is with probably baggage crate 12 as well yep they think they can get off and their bags gonna be waiting for them but they don't really it comes out in waves because they couldn't just put Mm -hmm. four thousand pieces of luggage in one warehouse correct yeah we got off i think maybe it was maybe they had bags for groups three to four max Mm -hmm. when we got out and again when there are people in front of us that had you know debark group like 25 and yeah, we're just unreal. going, and we know they had to sit and wait there forever and all that. And there was no, once you got off, they kind of funneled into a hallway and then opened right into the bag- baggage. And then, you know, the customs right there. And it's like, 
I don't know where these people are going to stand. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I can imagine it's just backing everything up and you're in and just, yeah, it was not a yeah. good experience. So yeah. hopefully they get that under control. Cause I don't remember it being that bad when we went on the same ship and Splendor years ago, but again, they've changed the terminal since then. So who knows? Yeah. No, I hear you. So uh, any first time tips to offer someone either sailing out of Long Beach or Carnival Miracle? Well, one, first time tips. I mean, get to know the lay of the spirit class. It shouldn't take long. They're really well laid. In fact, I think they're my favorite class of ship laid out on any ship. You know, again, coming from going on the Oasis, you know, recently to the Vista, you know, a couple of years ago for the pandemic, the spirit is just so nice. You know, it, there's no choppiness to the layouts. That's one thing people complain about. So get to know the lay of the land the first day, find where you like to go and just kind of and, and own your space, right? If you want to do trivia, they always have it in the same places. They, you know, pick your favorite meals, you know, kind of get the ebb and flow, stake out your spots and just get to know the ship. It doesn't take long and you'll have a much better cruise for it. I think you'll just, you'll enjoy it. And for, as for Long Beach, there's a lot of great hotels in Long Beach. There's a lot to do down there. The aquarium's fantastic. It's a great place to do pre-cruise for a day or two. You know, the Queen Mary, they're, re- they're actually fixing the Queen Mary now, which is nice. So that should be reopening here in a few months. So if you're kind of into that classic ocean liner history, it's been closed since the pandemic started and there was worries they were going to scrap it and get rid of it. So there, it looks like they're fixing it and, and it's going to be open. So if you're down Long Beach and you're into that and you want something to do, go check that out. It's going to be a great thing to go look at. I didn't ask you earlier, you said your cabins were right next to Camp Ocean. Did your kids enjoy that? I couldn't get them away. Nice. <laughs> so that, that's a, a nice perk we realized with our, our cruise a few months ago. Before the pandemic, my youngest was only four and she really wasn't at an age where that was something she wanted to do that much. Um, and we found out with the last cruise we were on that we couldn't get her away from there. Even with the, the kind of the COVID restrictions, she had a great time. So that was another selling point to our room. Yeah, my youngest six-year-old Camp Carnival, they had just opened it, I think, mid-December. So this was near, so they don't been running for about two weeks. It was restricted only vaccinated kids, but I think most of the people on board were anyway. And there weren't a lot of crowds or maybe 20 kids in there. We couldn't get her out of there. You know, she, she knew the schedule from the minute we got on the <laughs> ship. And unlike the old days with Camp Carnival, that they didn't do night owls. You know, at 10 o'clock, it was sure. shut down. So they didn't have that because of COVID. But it was, you know, uh, I know a lot of people on cruise critic it was a nine to twelve two to five and then seven to ten every day there was no you have to like pre-book it or anything it was mm-hmm. always available during those hours she had a great time could not get her out of there she went she wanted to go there second it opened the second it closed she would come back and my oldest was 14 she was in circle c never saw her either <laughs> until unless we made her she was playing games with their friends, walking on the ship, going to the arcade, having a great time. So yeah, they absolutely took advantage of it. Awesome. And what was the vibe like? I know there was no, at your sailing, there is now, but no smoking in the casino. What was the vibe like though, as far as, uh, were people playing and pulling the one-armed bandits and all that? I saw no visible difference between the casino pre-COVID mm-hmm. and now. It was hopping, busy, machines are packed. In fact, I'm disappointed to bring it up. I know people, you know, it's a good, good place to smoke and that's a, a popular place to go. But I, you know, I live in Nevada. You know, I don't go to the casinos that often because I don't like the smoke. Mm-hmm. I, I get, it's really, really sensitive to it. So we try to avoid it, you know, and it's fine. It is what it is. But having the non-smoking, we actually gambled more on the miracle than we've ever gambled anywhere ever. Wow. And that's, that's saying a lot living in Nevada. And, and to the point now, we ended up putting, you know, a good chunk of change through. But we actually ended up only down about $200 at the end of the cruise. Nice. You know, we, did, we, had, we had good luck. The, the machines were doing, hitting really good. We actually now getting casino player offers. So it was, we had a good time. We got drinks on us. It was, it was good. So it, we're looking forward. Now they're, now they're throwing offers at us. So nice. can't yeah. wait to go again. So looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise? You know what? We were worried going on the miracle going after again, coming off the oasis of the seas. I mean, night and day, different class of ships. We're thinking, oh, that old Farkas design. We were on the miracle years ago. It wasn't our favorite cruise. There wasn't a lot to do. They stepped the game up with the refurbishment. Mm-hmm. When they did that right before the pandemic, they added all the bells and whistles to this ship. And there's really nothing for want on here. Yeah. You, you're not going to get the Mardi Gras roller coaster. You're not going to get, you know, the aqua show, like on the Oasis class ships, but it holds its own. You know, what's nice about this ship, the comedy club is down in the, um, the Mad Hatters, which is below the main lounge. And it's a massive space. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, you can get, it's, it's probably three times the size of the limelight lounge on the newer ships. So tons of room for comedy. The layout's easy and smooth. There's no, you know, none of those, you know, down, up to deck four, down to deck three, you know, cr- you know, none of that stuff. Layout's great. But honestly, the biggest thing we found we were worried about was food. Yeah. You know, going from the Oasis with all the options they've got on board, we actually found the Miracle had better casual eat options. Mm-hmm. We found that we were never for wanting, you know, the Oasis had a lot of times where there wasn't a lot of food options available, which is surprising for a ship of that size, or at least not more than pizza and maybe some quick grab and go sandwiches. On the Miracle, you had the deli, which was open until 11 p.m. every night. was fantastic. You know, you made to order sandwiches, paninis, wraps. Great. The pizza place, you know, always open. We, everybody loves the Carnival Pizza, but guys was open long hours. The Blue Guana was open. You have all the benefits of basically the newer ships, 
on a small ship with basically no lines. And the spirit class ships are just amazing. If you you know if you've yeah. never done one, and you're worried about the size, don't worry about it. There's so much to do on it. It's a little more laid back. Maybe it's not as action packed as you know the Mardi Gras and the the Panorama and the Vista class and all the newest ships. But it holds its own, and I, I think those ships are great. And you know the embark processes are getting off on tenders easier. It's just a nice class of ship, and I really hope Carnival keeps them around, especially now that they're fading out some of the smaller uh, fantasy class ships and these are now going to be kind of the older smaller ships i really hope they keep them in the fleet as long as they can and keep refurbishing them and keep them around they are great ships to go on yeah i, I like you mentioned the mad hatter's lounge i remember being on miracle and in uh, the nightclub has did you see the what was it uh, either this time or last time in 2014 when you sailed like the 12 foot frankenstein in there it's pretty yeah, wild. Frankenstein's lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the electric floor and the yeah. I mean, something to be said about Farkas designs. You know, they're you know very whimsical. You know, there's something to say about it. You know, love it or hate it, it keeps you interested while you're on board. There's always fun things to look at. You know, we're going to be going on the Carnival Radiance next month out of Long Beach, and that's uh-huh. you know they've completely revamped the Victory, and that's got that new style, right? And so now I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to compare Carnival Classic to basically the new style, and you know, see which one we prefer. You know, is it gonna be too sterile, or is it gonna be nice and kind of contemporary? We don't know. Yeah. But we're going to compare it, and I think it does make for a fun time. i got to say that. So. Well, when you sail Carnival Radiance, I'd love to have you back on, my friend. Uh, in closing here, what are your final thoughts of Carnival Miracle? Again, great ship. No hesitation. You know, If you want to book something that's a little bit smaller on the West Coast, I think it would be a great option. The cabins are great. The crew's great. Layout's fantastic. The food is, you know, you've got all the bells, as I said, all the bells and whistles, all the eateries pretty much you've got on some of the bigger ships, maybe you know, minus some of the newest venues. No lines. Even when it's full capacity, those ships have no lines. They've got three pools. A serenity deck is probably best in the fleet, and they can get to some of those smaller ports, and it rides in smooth. It really didn't feel much. It's a great ship. It's a great option, great location on the West Coast, and we're definitely lucky to have that ship over here. We've been talking with Mark about his six-night cruise on Carnival Miracle out of Long Beach. Mark, thank you so much for sharing your review, and I'm serious. When you get back from Radiance, let's chat. Absolutely. Will do. All right, Dougie. Let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.